Through the darkness of future past, the magician longs to see. One chance out between two worlds. Go off with me. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. We got a patron requested album review this week. We got a guest coming on later. We got a few topics we wanted to talk about first in the world, the wide world of hip-hop, so to speak. Dude, fucking Lil Wayne, put the goddamn lean down before you lean into a fucking coffin, man. How fucking old is that guy? <laughs> no, he's not that old. He's like in his, like, uh, 30s. He's too old to be doing that shit, though. Yeah, well, yeah, for that sure. Shit's a, that's a teenager, 20-year-old's game. Definitely. Shit. Drinking fucking lean? What the hell? Drinking Who does he think he is with... at this point? Yeah, it, it kind of... He's only 34 years old. He's only 34? Yeah, he's not even in his mid, like, mid to upper 30s yet. You know? Wow, he looks rough. Yeah, well, yeah, because he keeps doing all this shit. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of, uh, I think it was HBO did a documentary on a guy, and they called it Ecstasy Dad. Mm-hmm. Where it was this dad who would buy ecstasy for his teenage, like, kids, and would, like, go to raves, and he would, like, dress like his kids, like he had frosted tips, and he wore the upside-down visor, and the fucking glow sticks and shit. That's who Wayne reminds me of right now. Like, Wayne feels like, to be relevant, and to be popping with the kids... Hey, what are all the kids doing? Ah, drinking lean? Hey, pass me some my way. It's like, Wayne, you're fucking, like, multi-millionaire. You don't even need to do this shit. You can fucking retire and you'd be fine. No, 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 no. I need to impress the kids. Like, I'm ten years younger than this guy, and I'm telling you, dude, stop trying to be cool. Like, <laughs> no, but here's the thing people forget. Lil Wayne is a child star. People forget That's about true. that. That's true. And the thing about it is, he might have had it, like, rough on in his, like, younger years, but he started really getting a big taste of fame, like, before he was, like, 15 and shit. And the reason why I say this is because it's, like, a lot of teen stars kind of go through this sort of problem, but the difference with him is he stayed famous all throughout. I wonder if this is what we have to look forward to from Bieber, or is he past it? I remember he had a rough few years where he was, like, pissing everybody off, and he That's he just true. seemed like such a oblivious shit heel, but it seemed like he kind of turned over a new leaf at some point. Like, I don't think he apologized for all the horrible shit he did, but I don't think he's doing that shit so much anymore. Yeah. We kind of forget about that because, you know, we don't really consider rappers to be like, you know, teen stars in that regard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the ones we do are like Bow Wow and Lil Romeo, like the ones that started really young, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, in single digits. Yeah. (laughs) This shit has already, like, killed two fucking legends in the game. Both from Texas, actually. DJ Screw and uh, Pimp C. Like, stop doing this shit. He's had two... No, I think he had two seizures in a row, right? Like, a year or so ago. And then he's having another seizure, like, just last week? Jesus fucking Christ, stop! Does like, he have no one around him? But, oh, well, that was the point that I was going to get to. The reason why he's not going to stop is that, like, uh, relating to my point of him being a child star, I don't think ever since he was, like, legally able to drink, anyone has ever told him no. Yeah, that's you know a what big I'm part saying? of it. 
And yeah. when you have that compiled upon like two decades at this point of no one ever telling you no, and you know be, being like a child star, and we already know how that can kind of mess you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's this man is gonna die by this shit. Like I and I hate to say that to like alarm people, but. There is literally no one in his life, I feel, that honestly cares about him and would actually want him to get help and, you know, stop the shit. Because I remember he said he stopped it, like, a couple of years ago. But um, DMZ reported that they actually, he at least downed, like, three uh, cupfuls of the shit, like, the night that he was hospitalized. So, that doesn't sound like stopping to me. Is he not close with uh, Drake anymore? When was the last time they did a song together? Was that that fucking... Uh, that Nicki Minaj. Oh, oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that was this year. Yeah, that's true. But Nicki Minaj, Drake, and Lil Wayne don't really seem like they actually hang out. Are we thinking of the same song? Because the song I was thinking of was the one that was out like two years ago when we like no, first started uh, the Nicki podcast. Nicki Minaj did the song the No Frauds. No frogs. No frauds. Oh, I thought it was, like, against, like, alt-right Pepe fucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> the last frame of reference I had was that fucking, uh, I ain't fucking Nikki because she got a man. After oh, that, I'm next oh, in God. line. I don't think that's how friends talk. Yeah, especially, like, <laughs> in public about each other. Like, <laughs> that, seems, that sounds like something like, oh, is that what he said? Well, I'm getting paid for this, so I'll, I'll just deal with it. E- either that or you're, like, such good friends that, like, Part of your humor is just publicly embarrassing each other. I've never heard a Nicki Minaj song where she says, Hey, by the way, Drake is a fucking cuck douchebag. It's always one-sided. There's always uh, Drake talking about how he really wants to get with Nicki. You never hear lyrics about Nicki saying, Oh man, if he did this, then we would hang out. Like, there was that one lyric where she said, If I did have sex with him, this is what would happen. But it's never an active thing. But still, like, if they were friends like that, it would be a back and forth sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it would be like good-natured ribbing, but it just kind of seems like we're over-sexualizing this co-star for the fuck of it. Yeah, and we're going along with Drake over-sexualizing his co-star because... Well, he's a guy. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, imagine that the other way. Like, imagine if there was, like, a a rap group that was mostly chicks, and it was, like, one dude, and they were, like, constantly sexualizing him. (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be pretty funny. (laughs) And he never really responds to it. Uh, Like, they keep lifting up his shirt, and he's just like, stop. (laughs) I just want to be friends. Can we get more plutonic rap relationships? <laughs> uh, like, I'm done with the whole will they, won't they bullshit. Like, we don't need any of that. I just want to see, like, so, like a male and female rapper just, like, hanging out at a fucking club, like, toasting to the camera, like, to our success, because we're such good pals. And that's it. That's well, as far as you know it's ever gonna go, and they're happy with that. You kind of see that with Fat Joe and Remy Ma, in a way. Are they not a thing? No, they're not. Okay. As far as, like, I never really hear about it. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, they're kind of, you know, together from, like, they hung out back in the day and sort of like, oh, here they are now. Like, you know, legends in in the game at this point. Okay, well then, yeah, I guess that would be a pretty good example of that then. Another thing that I wanted to talk about this week was Lil Uzi Vert finally dropping, like, an actual video. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I was so surprised I saw that. I was like, that wasn't fucking out yet? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm I'm expecting all the comments in the video to be like, 
Oh, good thing he did a music video for the song while it was still popular, herder. As the people do for me, every time I put out a review for something that, like, came out, like, less than a month ago, I'm confused. It's like, did they not, like, think that it would do well? I remember when the that video first came out, it was just like, I remember looking at it and being like, oh, that's the whole thing? It's just gonna be this? Uh, okay. And I was thinking maybe, like, maybe they just didn't think it was gonna take off like that. And then they're like, whoa, this shit actually took off. Holy God. Well, we don't have a response to it now because... We didn't, you know, allocate any funds to, you know, make a music video. You know what I mean? I mean, it, w- it was voted Song of the Summer at the VMAs, so maybe they figured, hey, we've been sitting on this video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's obviously hot. Uh, and, and then they did the little animated video, which, if you're not going to put the time in for making an animated video, don't make it. Because I don't know about you, but animated, like the cheaply animated videos, they always look so bad. Because there are some animated videos that look really cool. But the ones that are, like, really cheaply animated, it kind of just looks like you couldn't get the rapper to actually be in a music video. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are uh, we possibly throwing some shade Snoop's way? Oh, ha, ha, for the Mount Cushmore? Yeah, and uh, that entire movie. <laughs> no, I was actually thinking about the, uh, the I Spy video. Remember that? that happened oh, well? yeah, yeah. That, that didn't look too bad, did it? Oh, that looked horrible. I mean, yeah, but as far as animated rap videos go, I wasn't expecting no. a fucking masterpiece. Dude, when I watched that shit, I was I was expecting the end credits to be, like, edited by my cousin Nikki all by himself. You know what I mean? Dude. That's why there was, like, a team behind it. I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> Brad Paisley made a song a couple years ago, and he animated the music video himself. Uh... Oh my god, it's some of the worst. Like, it really does look like and I'm not trying I'm not trying to shut on aspiring high school artists out there, but like it looked like child drawings came to life. Like really poor animation, shit proportions, and it was all like, hey, what if Brad Paisley and all his country music stars were like the Avengers? Yeah. So he's like Iron Man. I wanted to go back for just a second um, because I reminded myself of a thing you posted. Um, just going back real quick about the, uh, about the Lil Wayne thing. You compared him to Snoop, and that was a very interesting point you had made. Oh, yeah. That Snoop Dogg sticks to the fucking weed. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly why I will forever be for the legalization of marijuana, and I will always say that alcohol and its forms are way more dangerous yep. than, <laughs> than smoking pot. And this is a prime example. Yeah, you ain't heard about Snoop Dogg getting no types of seizures in any type of fucking way. And that man's been smoking pot probably longer than Lil Wayne's been alive. If he had a fucking seizure, you'd think that, I don't know, like, it would be a government conspiracy. Like, uh-oh, someone laced his shit with, I don't know what. <laughs> but <laughs> it wouldn't be the fucking pot. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I don't drink, I don't really know much about alcohol, but I know lean isn't your, you know, your standard issue beer, alcohol, no, drink. I know it's dangerous as shit. Yeah, it's illegal. You're putting fucking cough syrup in a drink. Yeah. Like, which you're again, not supposed to just consume cough syrup. And I'm sorry, I know this was like a big thing with rappers and, you know, they've made it a fucking thing, but drinking cough syrup just sounds like something a fucking seventh grader would do, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's like when uh, I found out that Eminem was doing, like, whippets in his <laughs> 40s and shit, like, on tours. <laughs> It's just like, really? Like, you're a fucking adult and it's not the 70s anymore. Like, what are you doing? If I found out that Drake was putting peppermint 
lip balm on his eyelids to get high. I'd be like, <laughs> all right, we got to draw the line somewhere, kids. You have access to actual shit. Stop fucking going to the dollar store for your fucking fix. Like, goddamn, just smoke weed, Jesus. It's legal in states. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like you don't have the access to go there. You just fly in a fucking plane and go to wherever, because there's, like, numerous states now where it's legal. Just fly out there, get some. Oh, my God, celebrities, they just put themselves, just because they can, they just put themselves in fucking harm's way for no goddamn reason. I can understand, like, you know, your kid doing this because you have limited access to things and you want to feel like you have some sort of control in your life so you're doing this thing that's illegal. You know what I mean? If you're a grown-ass man, you have, like, you have the world at your feet. Why the fuck are you fucking around with this bullshit? <laughs> like, you know? But once again, no one around him actually cares about him. I guarantee you. Yeah. No one around him that can do something about it really cares about him, you know? I know mm-hmm. Baby doesn't fucking care about him. <laughs> yeah, that was, the first mi- that was the first name that came to mind when you said that. I was like... Maybe that was kind of like the uh, the catalyst for that. Like maybe that was kind of what started that whole thing. Mm. Going back to it, so there, there's a, there's of course a controversy behind Lil Uzi Vert's new video, and you know I kind of like it in a way. I kind of like that there's this completely nothing controversy that people are spinning out of, basically ma- making mountains out of molehills. Because you know what? That's kind of what hip hop is. Hip hop is. I did this shit, but because these people are just scared, they're going to take it to this extreme. And I just go, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I am a devil worshiper. What now, bitch? (laughs) Because, like, and I thought people were joking, but, like, you see, like, the tone of some of these posts, it kind of looks like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? Lil uh, Lil Uzi Vert versus the devil? What the fuck? It's like, guys, he's fucking with you. (laughs) We're still on that fucking Illuminati New World Order shit that, like... (laughs) These artists are bi- are part of a bigger picture, and it's like, you gotta realize how fucking stupid you sound when it, you start saying that shit. I thought we were over this shit in the 90s, like, Jesus. Like, he's getting the fucking crank that Soldier Boy treatment all over again. Like, ooh, it's really some sort of deeper thing. Apparently, the lyrics are, like, in Arabic, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, But apparently, Arabic is supposed to be written from right to left. But apparently, it's written from left to right, and... The, the speculation is that, oh, well, when you, when you write it from left to right, it's, uh, it's actually, like, demonic or associated with black magic. Mm. And it was like, you know, more likely than not, it was probably just some intern, <laughs> just Google, uh, what do you call it? Just Google shit. Google Translate. Yeah, it Google Translate fish. Shit and and just copied it, and pasted. Exactly. <laughs> but that, that raises a whole other question. This MTV VMA winner song of the summer... Big hit for Lil Uzi Vert, one of the big fucking names right now. Nobody proof-watched that? <laughs> no one could have just looked at it real quick, or they could have got an expert to do it? That's why, it's, that's why it probably seems suspect to people. Because you would imagine yeah. that, I mean, the video looks really fucking good. A lot of effort was put in there. It has really good special effects, like the lightning and shit. It, the looks weekend great. seems kind of randomly thrown in there. <laughs> I wasn't complaining. It looked weird, but I mean, hey, why not? I know he it's his free. tour, but it just kind of seemed like, uh, yep, and I'm here now. <laughs> I was oh, like, is you, that gonna, the deal? Are, yeah, I was like, are you going to do anything? <laughs> why are you, he just randomly walks around like he has no purpose. But um, other than that, you know, it was like, it's a creepy looking video. It's like, hey, you know, that, that's fine. Like hip hop, hip hop needs that element of sort of like, 
Wait, parents are are a little scared about whether or not they should let their kids listen to this music because you know that's what keeps music cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll give them at least that props. Like, yeah, props for for still pissing off parents. As soon as the parents start getting down with the new music, it's not cool anymore. That's exactly. just how it works. And I'm sorry for any parents who might be listening right now, but that's just how it goes, and you know it, because that shit happened to you. I almost threw away my fucking Eminem CDs because my mom was, was fine with me listening to it. it, uh, it I, I know, it threw me off. She was like, I was like, wait, you're okay with Eminem? She's like, yeah, he's, he's funny. I was like, man, I won't listen to this shit no more. <laughs> your mom comes up to you and, you and smacks you with the remote control and says, shut up, you cunt. And you're like, oh, no, mom. <laughs> it's not cool anymore. <laughs> my mom said cunt. I can't uh, listen to this anymore. <laughs> This week on the Going Off Podcast, we are joined by Danielle Owens-Reed, uh, entrepreneur, activist, all-around awesome person responsible for Radimo. Am I pronouncing that right? It's Redimo. Very close, though. Redimo. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was like a combination of like, this is rad in my opinion, or if it was supposed to be pronounced a different way. Yeah, I mean, it turned into rad in my opinion after we invented the word, which is not a real word. Um, hmm. So... It really anything works. So for those at home who may not know, what is Redimo? Well, Redimo is a gender neutral clothing brand. And I personally curate by like finding vintage pieces. And then I also have other brands that um, are represented on my site as well. So when you go to the site, you are looking at clothes, but you're not like Mm -hmm. looking in the men's section or women's section. It's all just clothing. And then you can kind of see each piece styled in a very feminine way, a very masculine way, an androgynous way. So you can see how like pieces of clothing could work with different styles. Yeah. So you folks started this up, um, or at least got the website launched not too long ago. Did you have any hardships with that or what all went into, I guess, just bringing all of this off the ground? Great question. And yes, there were so many hardships. My co-founder, Julia Noons, who you know, um, she and I started it more as like a site with a bunch of information. We had a bunch of different writers and eventually I wanted to do a gender neutral brand, which was separate. And then like, I started kind of working on the gender neutral clothing brand as like a full brand that I designed and built from the ground up. And that was like the hardest, most expensive thing I've ever done in my life. Uh. (laughs) And um, I got like really into uh, trying to figure out like manufacturing and designing. And I'm not a designer, like I don't really have a visual brain. So I was kind of talking to my seamstress who was in New York and I was in LA. And I was like, okay, I want like um, basically a mock neck, but like like trying to explain what I wanted, which what I <laughs> wanted was something that didn't exist. And she was like, okay. So it was like really difficult to communicate and figure it out. And we were far away and it already cost so much money before even having like one single designed piece. So I kind of completely stopped altogether and was like, okay, I've failed and that's okay. Failing forward, like put that, just like sweep that under the rug, like next chapter of my life, it's totally fine. And kind of after I made the decision to stop working on it, I kept running into 
people who owned brands that already made gender neutral clothing or androgynous clothing or mm. just like unisex like nothing really like uh kid bell the brand that has like the cunt t-shirt and the resist uh, <laughs> mock necks yeah so they they just basically have like unisex clothing anyone can wear any of it and nothing is like sized for like a fitted cut or whatever and like then a man's cut so it's I kept finding brands like that and I was like man what really needs to happen is there needs to be a place where it's all curated um, which is what I'm more interested anyway like I love finding stuff and I love telling people about things and like connecting people with things they want so I kind of looked at like ASOS which is my favorite brand um, overall and was like that's exactly what they do like they have their own clothes but they also curate some really good stuff from other brands so I just kind of decided to do that and totally made up how it works and just like <laughs> I emailed the swimwear brand that uh, is now one of the brands that I represent and I was like hey so uh, I want to do this what's it called and they were like well it would probably be drop ship like people would order it through you and we would ship it and I was like yeah 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 I want to do that I want to do that yeah 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 <laughs> And then because I talked to them, I reached out to other brands and I was like, so do you do dropship? Like I knew what I was talking about and <clears throat> everyone believed me and it worked out. And now it's a, now it's a real clothing brand. Now I, I wanted to ask this and this is not, not supposed to be abrasive in any way, but I'm, I'm asking as someone who's like, I'm straight guy who's worn, you know, gender specific clothes my whole life. You know what I mean? Uh, so gender neutral clothes, they tend to skew feminine in my observation of them. Um, is that something that I'm detecting because I'm used to seeing this division in clothing? Or is there a specific thing that's being done to, like, offset the gender norms? Or or is it, like, just me going, like, oh, I, I, I my brain thinks that that should not be like that. Or, you know, whatever. Like, what, 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 would you, what do you think? I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything you just mentioned. Like, I definitely have trouble. If I look at a piece of clothing and it's on someone who looks really feminine, I'm like, oh, that's too feminine for me. I would never wear that. Like, I don't even think about it outside of the box. Um, right, and right, then right. the other side of that is there are so many androgynous or tomboy brands that I've been really excited about and then gone to look at their site and they're still like way more feminine than they are masculine and they def and that doesn't feel like it's in the middle or it's neutral at all to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm still not wearing those brands either because I tend to dress more like androgynous or masculine I don't go very femme like I I wear a lot of pink but I think I wear it in a more masculine way um like, like Cameron I don't know who that is wait wait all right I gotta show you Cameron okay <laughs> when, when did Cameron wear wear pink I don't think I've ever seen that a was picture. like 2000 I I certainly wasn't paying attention to Cameron in 2000 I was oh. 11 <laughs> yeah, look, 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 look. Like, as soon as you search him, the first thing you see is, like, the pink. Wait, let me, uh, let me show you the link. Okay, great. Was that, he, like, that's... Amine with yellow, but back then? Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, that's totally your style. A am I wrong? Oh, no, you're absolutely right. I literally have Wait, a really? hoodie. Yeah. Holy shit, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Dude, he's totally rocking Ralphie in Christmas Story. Wow. Uh, bunny costume, at least from the look of it, because it's so fuzzy. This is amazing. I have so many of these looks. He's, <laughs> he's wearing a purple velour hoodie, and I have one hanging in my closet right now. This is perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is like the perfect example. Some of this is pink, but it's still way more masculine. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I was trying to do with the brand, and that's why I don't just like 
only focus on the things I sell. I also link out to other brands because I, for me, it was so hard to figure out how I wanted to be presented to the world because I never really saw anything that looked like me or how I wanted to look. And even though the clothes are out there, like, okay, maybe there's a flannel, but there's still so many feminine looks with flannels. And then I look at it and I'm like, well, that's feminine. I don't know. I don't want to wear it. So that's, yeah. So I, I guess my answer to your question is it's a little bit of the sexist brainwashing and a little bit <laughs> because that's just what's happening, yeah. Like, as someone who knows nothing about design, what are the signifiers of male and female clothing? And, and how are you, like, subverting that with your design? A lot of brands, the way that they do it is they say, like, women's clothes are very fitted and men's clothes are very boxy. And then with like even big brands where you get t-shirts printed, now they'll have a unisex, like the like American Apparel in wholesale, they have like men's, women's and unisex. And the unisex size tends to be a little more fitted and a little smaller than the men's, um, but not as fitted and, and smaller as the women's. So that's like they have this interesting middle ground. And then the brands that I'm working with, Kid Bell, all their stuff is unisex. So it would pretty much follow along that guideline, I think. Um, and then like the swimwear brand, I'm not sure, like the swimwear brand and, uh, Tomboy Toes, which is the shoe brand. This is pretty interesting because she basically makes men's shoes fitted for women's feet, which I think it would be the same thing. Men's shoes versus like women's shoes. Women's are smaller and like tighter, more fitted. And then men's are, um, like bigger and usually wider, which is interesting to me because I have a couple of like straight guy friends who have been like I have to wear women's shoes sometimes because I have small feet and like I just I'm right, swimming right. in these dude shoes so it's really interesting because tomboy toes are technically like quote unquote made for women but like they're not they're just made for people with feet that are a little smaller and thinner like so so so, so basically what your what your style sort of comes down to is like it the division should not be male and female becomes that comes with assumptions of what your size and what your fit is. It should just be, what is your fit? There yeah. are some guys who look like Prince, that their fit needs to be the smallest shoe. And yet there are some guys who look like Shaq. Yeah, they need a freaking, you know, car to step in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I've always felt about it. I mean, like, I imagine if there's a pair of jeans that was like, these jeans are for people who have big booties. And then, like, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you are right, right, feminine right. or masculine, but you need a little more room in your pants. Like, that's, I don't know, that that really doesn't, I mean, I guess, like, people will say, like, yeah, but that's women and blah, blah, blah. But that's, like, such a, it's such a weird isolating thing to think because then you have a bunch of dudes who feel really weird because they have to go buy pants in like a section with a bunch of feminine clothing that doesn't feel good to them and then they feel embarrassed and then you have you know it's just like it's such a weird thing that that's even how it started I mean I get it society etc but yeah that's that's kind of how I feel fit versus uh, gender are there any items that you kind of wish you could add to it like I remember I was talking to somebody and there's, there's even a picture on here on the homepage that shows a dude wearing a sort of skirt type deal. Are there items like that or even just kind of things you've thought of that you haven't yet been able to kind of describe to somebody or design that you'd want to carry on the site? Definitely. I mean, I think there's a part of my um, 
my personal style, but also just the style that interests me that's a little more like outside of the street style box. Like right now what I'm doing is kind of like making things as accessible to people as possible. And it's like, I want stuff with like glitter and tool, like would love to have a tutu. And like, there's so much cool stuff that I would want to have, but I just know that it's not like if I spend my time looking for that perfect thing, it's not going to be as helpful to like a larger, more accessible, bigger audience. And my, my purpose right now, like while I'm at the stage where I don't have the money to do whatever I want and I have to kind of like gauge what I choose based on like how can I I guess in general I want as many people to know about it as possible and I think reaching more people who are trying to figure out how they want to present I can reach people who can see that picture of like I think you're talking about the picture of Dre and he's wearing like a tutu and something on top and like people will see that picture and be like whoa 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 wait a second that's a style I can wear that like I didn't even know I could wear that and maybe the top is available on the site, but the tutu isn't. And so they can go somewhere else and find that. And, like, I, I want things to be accessible more so than I want to, like, have all the clothes that I want in my store, if that makes sense. So, like, basically, like, you have a style that you want to perfect for yourself. And you want to put that out in hopes that other people will like that, too. But you also understand that, you know, other people are going to have their variation of what they want their style to be. and your your job, I'm presuming, is to show people that you can have this style that's outside of the norm. Yeah. And, yeah, hopefully that'll gravitate towards what you think a style should sort of look like. Or or help them with what their style could look like, given they don't have the limitation of gender expectations for clothing, right? That's exactly right, yeah. And, like, if you look at the site, I think I have, like, 15 different people with 15 totally different styles. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but I, I, I that's the thing that I really liked. I love that there was just, like, all different types of looking people on the site. Like, it just immediately caught my eyes. Like, yeah, you got the dude that's, like, really strong over there. But then you had that lanky person over here. You have the, you know, like, shorter person over here. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as I saw that, I was just like, I am so used to just seeing, like, the perfect, beautiful people that are just like, this really threw me off. And I was just like, I, I want to see more of this. And I'm sure more people do as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like representation is everything. I mean, the people, the, my models are literally just like my closest friends. I think in another interview, I was like, basically you're looking at a picture of my emergency contact list. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're just all my closest friends who literally with three days notice were like, yeah, of course I'll show up for you. You're like, you mean everything to me. And I'm like, great. Thanks guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, represent representation is everything. And it's not just, it's like amazing that, you know, I have a trans guy and I have my friend Ali's non-binary and then my friend Gabby, who's like a plus size fashion icon. And like, there are people who are different race and different genders, but like the style, the different styles is important too. Like every single person dresses totally differently. And that's like, it would be ridiculous for me to be like, okay, well, this is my androgynous brand for androgynous thin white people. Here are all the androgynous thin right, white people who right, fit in my right. clothes. Like, <laughs> that, <laughs> that just isn't what I'm trying to do, which, like, I'm sure plenty of people are doing that still, even though I like to pretend that everyone's trying not to. But, like, I don't know. In my mind, I'm uh, like, why isn't every brand doing that? 
Uh, I, I have a, another question. You have a shirt that just says cunt on it. Yes. Uh, first of all, they're sold out, which, god damn it. <laughs> but second of all, is is there like a meaning behind putting that word that, I I, I mean, I, I thought a lot of women saw that word as offensive. So, like, I was like asking, I was like, well, okay, why, why, why are you doing that there? You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, I think... Um, I mean, Kid Bell is the brand that uh, makes those shirts, so I don't want to speak for them, and I'm not sure, like, why oh, okay. they yeah, specifically okay. wanted to make it, but why I wanted to carry it is because, like, I think I think it's, it's such a bummer to me that everyone uses slang words for the vagina as, like, how to make people feel bad about themselves. Like, cunt is what you say when someone's being a real piece of shit, and pussy is what you say when someone's being real weak. And for me, like, those can be pretty powerful and strong words and cool words. And, like, I remember hearing cunt as, like, not a derogatory term for the first time when I, like, saw the vagina monologues. And, like, that in itself is empowering because you're, like, hearing all these stories from people with vaginas who are, like, this is how this is how it makes me feel, or this is how I interact with it, and this is what this word means to me. And, like, for me, like, I think pussy's a great word. I think cunt's a great word. I don't know, like, I would definitely wear that shirt. And don't be too sad because we have a new cunt shirt coming out. <laughs> oh, you got a new cunt coming out. Awesome! Yes. It's cunt in, like, the Supreme logo. Oh, yeah, I saw a picture of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. so don't even worry. This is just something I wanted to mention on the show because on one hand you got... Dudes like Chance the Rapper and Jaden Smith making it cool, kind of showing, like, dude, these are huge names, and they're bringing the style to the forefront and making it more accessible, especially in hip-hop, where there's still such a stigma against, you know, about, about gay people in general, there's still a stigma there. Weak people, like, you have to have this tough persona, and we're getting so many people out there now, like Lil Uzi Vert and Lil Yachty and Chance the Rapper and... Uh, Amine, who are presenting this kind of like, you know, more reserved, chill style. But something I heard on the radio recently, and it's become a trend I've noticed in country music, specifically bro country, mm-hmm. <laughs> is they all have these love songs where they're all talking about, man, I, I love a girl in a in a baseball cap, in a in a t-shirt and whatever. And it's like, it's so funny to me because I live in the South. I live in a city that voted 90% Trump. I've brought that show. I've brought that on the show before. So when I hear something like that on country music, and it's like, that's a very interesting double standard here where in North Carolina, we just had HB2 pass half repealed, half not to where people are still up in arms about the possibility of seeing a quote-unquote phantom man in a dress in their bathroom. You st- But then you're like, hey, but I'm really down with a girl wearing what is typically, you know, what is seen as, like, men's fashion. So I just find that double standard so fascinating that that still exists. Yeah, I do too. I mean, country music is so hard. I'm from the South. I'm from South Carolina. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I definitely feel for you. I moved down here to North Carolina when I was like 13. Yeah, so we, we've definitely felt all that. Yeah, my entire uh, mom's side of the family is from Rowan County, North Carolina. And mm. I like grew up kind of around Myrtle Beach and then a little around Charleston in South Carolina and went to school up 
upstate, like closer to Charlotte, North Carolina. So I've had like all of the Southern experiences. Wow. Yeah, it's intense. And like, uh, you know, I have family members who are Trump supporters and I have family members who are really conservative and it's just like, it's all there. And um, I find it really interesting too, especially with country music. And I, I don't know if you guys are into Casey Musgraves. I've heard a few of her songs and they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, she's great. I mean, she's the only country musician, I think, that's, like, branching out at all. And literally all she's saying is, like, follow your arrow, do whatever you want, like, love whoever. Like, she's barely saying anything, but she was, <laughs> she was like, huge for a second. She had, so, she had a song, and she was huge. And then I think she started talking too much about, like, smoking weed and how gay people were okay. And for some reason, her songs aren't as, like, much no. on the radio. I I can't figure out why. It's the Dixie Chicks all over again, bro. <laughs> yeah, they talk a one, they talk a little bit of mess about Bush, and all of a sudden their audience is like, "Nah, we ain't trying to hear that shit no more." Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I know. That's exactly. Country music is so good at just like boxing someone out the second. But at least with the guys who were like, "It's all right if you wear t-shirts and baseball caps," it's more like. I need a down. I need a down girl who's not going to talk about emotions, so I don't have to deal with anything. You know what I mean? Like they don't know what they're saying. They're just like being being dudes, not respecting women, etc. You know, it's funny because I didn't even think of that type of coded language. Because what Darren was saying was that, and I don't even know if this is how it is now. I remember this is how it used to be back in the day, real big, where when they when they were talking about women wearing t-shirts or whatever it would be like wearing my t-shirt and it was like man like almost like a you're my property you look really good in my clothes i don't even know if it's that like that point anymore but i didn't even think about like man i want you to be more dude like because i know you're not gonna bring me down and talk about all the shit that i don't want to hear never even thought about that I, I don't think that i don't think it's like an active thing i think it's sort of a subconscious thing you know what I mean? I don't think it's like that. I am thinking of a person who will do this for me. No, I, but I think that's sort of like how that ideology manifests itself. Oh, you know totally. what I mean? Totally. Yeah, I feel like there's so much of that. I mean, if you like, I like to think about it in terms of relationships. Like every single relationship you see on TV, the people hate each other, and yeah. then somehow we're surprised when people are in relationships, and it's like you guys fight all the time and you hate each other. Why are you together? And everyone's like, I don't know. I love him, and it's like, well, that's what—that's everything we've seen growing up is a man being like my stupid right, wife right. with all her emotions, and a girl being like, and a and a woman being like my stupid husband who's dumb, and I hate his friends and chicken wings or whatever. I don't know, but like <laughs> man caves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like that's what we see, and so that's what we just instinctively do without even thinking about it. The the insufferable guy with a hot wife, you know. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even think about it in the sense of, like, Taylor Swift, because, like, back in the day, it was, like, she caught so much shit for doing, like, the, uh, listen to this little teen girl, she don't know what she's talking about about love, you gotta quit talking about love, and now it's like, alright, fine, I'm just gonna do nothing but, like, catty, really negative, angsty stuff. Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, like what? What are what are her other options as a woman? Because she can't talk about like in a boy who wears feather boas or whatever the opposite of the country song would be. Exactly. Oh, right, right. I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. Is like there's never been like a song where it's like, oh boy, I love it when you wear my blouse. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Somebody please put blouse in a song. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
a funny word to say anyway. Like, I don't think there are a lot of songs with like, oh yeah, I love it when you put on that blouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, it's not a pleasing word, really. No. <laughs> it sounds awkward. It's not cute. Uh, I was going to ask too, because you had mentioned being on tour and that just even got me thinking about, I can't imagine how difficult, which just, it it's that much more impressive because in the combination of the tour and I remember you posting that, uh, what was it, like a year and a half ago, you were involved with the Dapple protest. Mm-hmm. And even now, where there's so many things that need, like, donations and charities. And it's like, I can't imagine running an operation like this with so many other things that, like, need money that are like, go, go okay, money goes here. All right, uh, time goes here. Like, you were on tour with uh, Kate Nash, for those who don't know, by the way. We've mentioned her on the show before. Um, and how long was that, even? That was, like, close to a year, maybe half a year? Um, well, it was, it's, I've been with her on a couple of different things. So, I basically, to point to your, like, working on Dapple and all these other causes, uh, after the election, Kate, like, hit me up and was like, hey, we need to be friends because we got to change the world. And I was like, great, okay. Um, and basically she said that everything that she did, she wanted there to be some sort of activism component to it. Um, mm. And so when we went on tour in February, we were raising money for a mental health charity. And then we did her Kickstarter, and immediately after her Kickstarter – we uh, filmed a musical at the hospice where her mom works. And then so on this past tour, which was July and August, we raised money for that hospice while we were out as well. And then I've worked on other mm. things with her. I did the um, the letter to Obama about Standing Rock a few, like about a year ago or however long ago it was. Um, and I've helped her like organize a panel about intersectional feminism. And so everything that I've been doing, I mean, I don't know how I find the time to do anything, to be honest with you, <laughs> like if that's your question. Pretty much. I I don't really feel great if I'm working on something and there isn't some sort of like make the world better something to it. Someone asked my dad, like, has Danielle always been an activist? And he was like, she's always cared about things being fair, which is exactly how I would describe myself. Like, I, I just always want to be feeling good about making the world a little bit better, no matter what I work on. All right, so <laughs> you have um, uh, some swimsuits on your site. Mm -hmm. And there, there's like, you know, there, there are some women that wear the swimsuits, and it's like, it's sort of like, it downplays like the women's like breasts, makes it look more neutral, you know what I mean? And I was thinking like, is there a bit of underwire or something like that that supports the breasts, or is that a bad thing? Because I remember hearing that, like, bras are actually kind of bad for you. Uh, and and <laughs> I, I was just saying some bullshit, but I was like, do you think we'll ever reach a point where women could be topless at a beach like men are? Because personally, I hope it goes backwards and everyone wears tops because I don't like seeing fat dudes' boobs and I'm pretty sure no one likes seeing mine. But back to the other question. <laughs> um, well, okay. So the compression, I don't know actually what's in. I have, I have actually two of the Outplay swimsuits because mm -hmm. I accidentally dyed one of mine by washing one of my pink things. Um, no. The yeah. compression, I'm not sure how it works. There's no underwire, but it's like the fabric 
thickness is like stretchy, but it can still um, compress your chest. And then I think like for people who for people who have bigger chests and they like don't want that to be the focus of their body, it's nice because like you have just the regular one, and then you have low compression, and then you have high compression. So they have the opportunity to, to decide like whether, I mean, you called it neutral, which is like cool, whether they want to look like completely neutral or it just like depends, but it's not, there's no like underwire. I don't know how, like what it actually is in the fabric that does that. And that's really mm. interesting. And do I think that we'll get to a place where everyone can be topless? It's like, I hope so, and I also don't hope so. I would love to live in a world where, like, people could walk around and have, like, their boobs hanging out and nobody would care or be weird to them, but that's, like, definitely not possible right now. That, that's a longer-term goal. <laughs> For me, personally, I'm like, everyone, just, like, do do what you can with what makes you comfortable and then also be safe, and my biggest fear is, like, anyone not being safe, so... But also yeah. through the nipple. I don't even know. I don't know. This is a complicated question. <laughs> Sorry. It was like my last question. I was just like, now I'm just going into just my head and just like. <laughs> the, the last question I have about the website. I'm looking at the banner. I'm looking at when, where it's under store. Apothecary header. Oh, yeah. When it, and it's, it's currently empty. And it I'm is. curious because that word was foreign to me until just five minutes ago when I looked it up because I had never seen it written out before. Oh, come on, man. Ha haven't you ever seen Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it... I mean, it's not a word I see every day. No, I mean, it's not. <laughs> I watched Romeo and Juliet when I was, like, in sixth grade in elementary school, and I don't think I've seen it since. It was the one where <laughs> they had the sex scene and the teachers had to spin the TV around because they didn't want the kids to see. Oh my god, spin the TV around. Was it on one of those, like, giant tall wheel things? Like a cart? Yeah! Yeah. Yeah, well, they had to, like, oh, shit, all right, here comes the sex scene. It's, <laughs> like, screeching across the floor, and they have to, like, look at it and be like, all right, and... Okay, it's on. <laughs> oh my god. And people wonder why nobody knows how to have sex. Because we weren't even allowed to watch it. That's why. Don't don't look at the sex. Don't look at it. But you can see that guy blowing that out of the dude's head off. You yeah, that. exactly. Cool. Wonderful witch that I have in Portland who makes everything went out of town for like a month or something like that. And so I had to hide a lot of the products. Um, but they basically, Max is her name and... <clears throat> she is like she's a little witch who makes things basically out of the like flowers and um, oils etc that she finds kind of in her backyard she just like finds them around Portland one of the things I'm really excited about is there's a um, salve for top surgery scarring so once people go in to get top surgery and uh, they have like sometimes they'll have like big scars um, underneath or on the sides. And this is kind of like, it just helps with that scarring and it helps to heal. Um, and I've never seen anything that was actually for the purposes of top surgery at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And she's a really good friend of mine and she's amazing in general. And I've like used her stuff before. She has uh, stuff for like period and PMSing, like period cramps and, um, I use that, and uh, she has, like, different facial serums. She ha she makes, like, literally everything. When After my um, after my mom died last year, she sent me this, like, heart tea that was just good for, like, helping you, like, 
open up your heart and feel better and feel like comforted and loved and it was like not only does it feel good because it's this like nice warm tea and all of the actual plant materials in the flowers are like helping me with anxiety but it also feels nice because it's nice to have a witch who cares about you <laughs> so for, for anyone listening who might you know this might be going over their heads and might not you know see the appeal or might feel some type of reservations about you know might trying feel some type to... of way Feeling some type of way about, you know, branching out of their comfort zone or trying something different fashion-wise or just anything-wise. Like, is there a word of advice or some type of solace that you would offer them? Yeah, I would say just try stuff. And if you realize that you're hanging out with people who are making fun of you all the time, stop hanging out with them. Because figuring out the way that you want to be presented to the world can really change your life. It makes you feel so much more confident and comfortable and it changes everything. It changes the way you work, the way you are in intimate relationships and in friendships and with your family. So just fucking try it. And if anyone makes you feel bad, get rid of them, get rid of them. But yeah, uh, I, I guess we should get on to the uh, album review. Oh boy. Um, who requested this? <laughs> I, I, I just want a name. That's all I need is a name. Alright. Now I kind of don't want to tell you because they're going to Oh, fucking, no, no. That's what you them. get. No, see, here's, here's what you get, fuckers. When you request an album, you get a shout-out, whether you want it or not. <laughs> this album was requested by Josh Pendleton. And if you'd like to request an album for us to review... <laughs> Uh, go, go to our Patreons for, for more info. So, Josh Pendleton decided to request I'm Not a Fan, But the Kids Like It by the debut album by Broken Side. Now, when, Muse! When you, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Muse, t tell me what you thought of this album. Oh, it's a big fat zero. <laughs> it's a big, big fat fucking goose egg. Dude, when you told me that we were listening to Broken Side, I had done a rant on Broken Side back in 2009, um, right around the time the album came out. And when you told me we were listening to Broken Side, I was like, well, you know, I remember thinking they were shit. It's been, you know, six years since I've even listened to Broken Side. What album is it? And then when you told me it was the debut, it's like, the only one I'm familiar with. It's the one that came out in 2009. And there's a lot of music from 2009, like Kesha and Lady Gaga and even some Justin Bieber songs, where at the time, I was really suspect. I criticized them very heavily. I thought they were shit. I go back, and I find myself enjoying a good bit of them. Fuck no. Not fuck all with Broken Side. This is the worst thing we've ever listened to on this show. Worse than Young Thug. Worse than Lil B. Yes. Oh. Worse than Hoodie Allen. Worse oh. than that one guy who requested his own album that one time. The absolute goddamn <clears throat> worst. I was able to listen to almost three hours of Lil B. Remember that. It was at least tolerable. I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for this. But some of these songs, I wasn't able to listen to the whole way through. I couldn't do it. I find myself, listen, first verse, chorus. All right, I've heard enough. Next. <laughs> this album is over an hour. <laughs> Fuck you. 
a goddamn hour for of broken side. That's torture, dude. That is akin to torture. And I understand because they were a MySpace thing back in the day. They they were one of those big names on MySpace, mm -hmm. and they probably had a lot of hits on there. And they're like, hey man, you know these are what the kids like. We gotta pump this fucking album full of all the songs that the kids are familiar with. If your album goes out of its way to at one point acknowledge how shit it is, it's not any fucking good, dude. That 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 uh that bonus track. That at the end of it, it's got like the record executive, and he's like, "What the fuck was I thinking? Signing Broken Side? This shit's trash. This shit's garbage." No, no good album ever comes out and says that it's bad, unless you know it's bad. And I know for a fact every single member of Broken Side knows this is goddamn trash. This is an inch away from parody, but it's not convincing enough to be parody. This is an album of a genre that no longer exists anymore, known as a uh, crunk core, where a bunch of scene kids thought it'd be cool to take all of these emo screamo styles and layer them on top of this. It wasn't even like crunk. It's it's kind of like a hip hop beat, kind of like an like an like an EDM type thing, and throw it in a fucking blender and pass it off like, yeah, this is cool because it's because it's different and new. I don't know anybody from that time who is still like, yeah, man, Broken Side is one of my favorite bands. I never knew anyone who, was, who ever said Broken Side is one of my favorite bands. This is not a band to be taken seriously. Now, back in 2009, never. This is an absolute zero. End of the day. Can't recommend it any less. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty good. No, I'm kidding. Nah, fuck <laughs> off, Aiden. Shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> This podcast would be over. <laughs> Done. Uh, I don't know, man. Freaks was pretty good. Actually, pretty good. I like when songs end with X's and Z's for irony's sake. You know, they still do that shit on, like, their newest album. They still do that wax spelling. I came into it. I hadn't listened to them since, like, I heard Crack talk about that one song, the Freaks song. And then, and then I remember I heard that the, the other song they did with E40, which was kind of a surprise. I was like, what? <laughs> Fucking E40? E40 will do a song with anyone. It's official. <laughs> when I heard it at first, I was like, oh, boy, yeah, this is whack, whatever. It's like, this is stupid. I, don't, I, I, I didn't give it any breath. But then I, I went back and listened to it. And I was like, you know, I know I'm supposed to, like, viscerally hate this because th the thing about it is it's a it's a combination of screamo and crunk two genres that nobody ever respected in the in, in as far as music criticism is concerned so it's just kind of like yeah this is the one that you can dump on you know and it's funny because these guys were actually never really that popular i didn't need to like hide from people memeing me with broken side memes you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, like I kind of had to do with Friday, you know? So I think partially, like, because I wasn't exposed to it as much, I think just looking back at it, I'm like, I don't have the visceral hatred for it, you know? And also, like, I was a fan of Crunk, so I kind of don't hate it on that basis. I'm pretty sure if you look back, every fucking song is like, girl, shake that ass. It's always something about a girl shaking her ass. And it's like, you know, not every Crunk song does that, right? And, oh, all right, well, here's my point. Excuse me. Especially with the video. The video doesn't help them. See, I listened to the album for the first time and I didn't really like, 
I saw the album cover, but I, I wasn't really looking much at it. Watching the video with the song, like, freaks. The first time I was like, I was fine with it. Actually, I thought it was funny. Because it was like, it's funny that these guys are screaming these lyrics that are like, Girls shake that ass! Like, like, the first time listening to it, I actually was laughing a lot of it. Because, in a way, it is sort of funny for someone to be screaming lyrics like this that aren't that that aren't that emotionally charged that's where the humor can kind of be found in it right right you know what i mean like that's that's where their gimmick is uh you know screamo is usually a lot of emotion overly emotional you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but the irony with this is that wait a minute why are they screaming like this when they're just talking about girls shaking their asses that could be funny in and of itself if you do it right and there's a couple of moments where they say shit on here that's just kind of like that goes that far, and you kind of think, wow, if they would have done more of that, this actually could have been pretty funny. Like, uh, what he says, uh, <laughs> I, I just love the, the delivery of, like, he says, like, damn right I hit it, shorty been gifted by a veteran crunk kid. And it's like, uh. that's already a stupid phrase on its own, but just the fact that the backup vocal goes, veteran crunk kid, I, just, I just couldn't help but laugh. And then there was another lyric, where, what does he say? He says, um, throw your motherfucking titties in the air. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard that one. Throw your get crazy all fucked up make me want to punch babies it's like what <laughs> and then he says uh let's go inside i'll go inside i'll fuck you while your boyfriend cries like whoa <laughs> and it's like those like three or four moments where your brain kind of goes like what the fuck it's like you kind of think like if you would have done that more that would have been really interesting but as it is they don't go far enough. That one lyric is unforgivable, though, where he's like, uh, 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 uh yeah, white dude, but I rap like I'm black. Like, eh, eh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, see, that's where I kind of draw the line where I feel like to an extent, here we go, here goes the eye rolling from uh -huh. half the audience, but I feel like there was a decent bit of, like, just kind of mocking hip-hop to an extent, like, not taking it seriously, like... Yeah, yeah. I get what they're trying to do a joke, and that's fine. For one song, that'd be fine. For a full album, it's obnoxious. That is the problem. It's an hour! Like... The joke, the joke, if there was supposed to be a joke, gets old really fucking fast. Yeah, see, as someone who actually, like... I knew it wasn't good, but I didn't hate it. Because, like mm. I said, the first listen was just so, like... Oh my god, what the fuck are they doing? You know, it, it so took me off that I was like, you know what, it's a little endearing. And then when it came time for me to actually, like, rate it and listen to it and hear how it goes, it then I start, it starts to fall apart, you know what I mean? Especially during the second half of the album, where the joke starts to run thin. Like, if you mm -hmm. did this for an EP, that would be cool. You get in, you get out, you make your jokes, and you know what, maybe you have the time to, like, to, to have the jokes come a little faster, so it gives more of a punch. But there's so many songs where it's just, girl, shake that ass, I'm getting drunk, and girl, I'm gonna... What the fuck does he say? Uh, what's this dude? Let's sex tonight. <laughs> and, and what does he say? Uh, I got them sexy moves, and you make my pee-pee hard. Oh my Bro. god, that fucking one. On the chorus. 
for someone to say, I, I think just my my limit is someone saying PP. Like referring is to the Is that where you draw the line, huh? Yeah, with, with ass like that, like I can't listen to that song anymore because in the fucking chorus it says, you make my PP go doing, doing, doing. I heard oh, sex yeah. chorus that says, you make my PP heart. I'm like, I can't listen to this. And nope. there's absolutely nothing I can recommend. I can't even recommend like, oh, this would be a good club song because no one wants to fucking hear someone say you make my pee-pee hard. You know what I mean? So it's like these guys are obviously two dudes who have never had sex before. <laughs> like, I get that very clearly. These are raspberry by people who really, really want to have sex. <laughs> and if they have... It's by people who don't who didn't call them the next day. I'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all this bullshit. It's all about like fucking fucking bitches and all this shit. And it's like it would be funny if it was over the top more often, but most of the time it's just like normal brag shit. So it's just like, well, I you're not taking it far enough for me to really find it funny and for me to take exception to the fact that you're doing this weird style. You know what I right. mean? And then there are also parts on there where they legitimately try to rap, and it's just like, don't do that, because you definitely don't have the voice for it, <laughs> you know? So, like, uh, and like I said, if when you look at the fucking videos, that club shot caller thing, you know that's not them. <laughs> yeah. just, there are so many dissonances that don't come full all the way back around to really making it a parody that it just comes off as a, a failure of parody. You know what like- I mean? When you got these two guys, you know, shake that ass and doing all this shit, I don't understand what the audience is supposed to be exactly. Because yeah, because they're like 13-year-old girls aren't listening to this. Fans of Krunk aren't going to listen to this. Fans of Screamo aren't going to listen to this. Like, I remember 2008, 2009. Yeah. This isn't what scene girls listened to. Exactly. They keep talking about, like, scene girls, and I was just like... They wouldn't be shaking their asses to this to this shit. Scene girls didn't ass shake. They didn't twerk. <laughs> the hell do you think is your audience? Yeah. That's why it's like, are you just making a mockery of this? Are you just trying to have fun? What's the point of this? Like, I, there's no doubt they're having fun, but there's no way they could think they put out something of quality. Yeah, you can only get fans ironically with them. Right. You know, that's the, that's the thing. There's no... He doesn't take anything seriously... Except for the, there are parts where you're supposed... You know what I mean? It's not ridiculous enough for you to be able to really throw yourself into it. But unfortunately, mm. with what they're doing, throwing yourself into it and being completely ironic and stupid is the only way you can enjoy this. There was one song I was able to listen to the whole way through. You want to guess which one? Um, <laughs> was it, uh, was it, was it, uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> no, uh, Tipsy. That, there's seven minute opus... God no, it was uh, Tipsy was the only one I was able to listen to the whole way through. That one, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that one's actually not that bad. Like it wasn't it, good. It but... has the high energy that you would expect from like a club song. If you're not really listening to the lyrics, like I can see you like possibly enjoying it. Like I said, if you put it in a mix with a bunch of other songs, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. You know what? You know what they remind me of? They remind me of early Kesha and 303. And I, yeah. and I looked it up as like, I, I, now when I heard about 303, I think it was after they did their whatever screamo shit, but it was when they were doing the pop shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, that's sort of like, we're stupid, douchey white kids, you know, making this music and, and you don't take us seriously. Dur, 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 dur. But I got to say, I at least 
like what I could say about Broken Side was at least it sounded interesting, like on the first listen. 303, I don't need to ever hear that shit for the rest of my life. And you don't ever hear anyone talk about them ever again. So, you know, I kind of feel bad that I'm actually might be giving them Google searches right now for people <laughs> being like, wait, who are they again? But they were pretty big for a while and they did not need to be. But with Broken Side, it's just like, all right, you know, they at least have a sound going for them. It's a dumb sound that is that works with a lot of dissonances like you know the dance sort of fun vibes of like edm and crunk mixed in sort of um and sort of uh and the screamo thing which is usually a lot more serious at least to the person who's writing the music you know like you could say it from an outsider perspective like these lyrics are really immature but like from the person who's writing it they're supposed to be taking it seriously you know what i mean so like yeah. for for them to merge that is sort of an interesting idea um, so at least... I will say, mm-hmm. it, it was interesting how they decided to work in different kinds of emo vocals. Like, you had the high-pitched screaming, like the screeching, and then you also had someone doing, like, growl I will vocals. say, I will say, I hated the growling. The growling. I mean, yeah, it was all absolutely terrible. I don't know which I hated more, the growling or the screeching, but to put them both on the same song was, like, kind of weird. Like, that was the one thing where I was like, that's an odd choice. The screeching needed to be pulled back a bit. Like, if they would have used it sparingly at certain points, like, okay, use it a lot for the first song because that's getting you into it. But if you just used it to, like, punctuate certain really stupid lines, that would have made the songs work. You know what I mean? So my problem is that it kind of gets overused. But the, 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 the growl shit, that never worked at all. Like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, you sound like a 13-year-old trying to sound like their older brother. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it just immediately just went like, Stop it. You can't do it. I would actually give this album a, 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 a muse. I, I hate you sweating. <laughs> Are you going like, this motherfucker better not. I'm wringing my hands. <laughs> I would actually give this album a one out of five. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, um, honestly, honestly, 1.5 would have would have made me yell at you. <laughs> but one... All right. <laughs> you know, it's funny that the whole rating, like, with all the songs divided and whatnot, is actually 1.4. So I, it would uh, round down to one. Oh, <laughs> boy. That's, just, that's lucky. <laughs> just shy of, of, of hitting that halfway mark. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, I would be remiss. I would be remiss if I did not mention Scene Girls, in which he... Okay, yeah. The, here's how this motherfucker fails at doing a joke, right? Mm-hmm. He says... Sit down, girl, just shut up and sit before I make you suck my girl nothing. OMG, you thought I'd say dick, but I won't say dick till you touch my dick. And it's just like, that's not funny. No, that, it's terrible. Yeah, it's just like. Because I'm a gentleman. Yeah, like, this isn't like a kid's show where I didn't think you would say dick. Like, like what's the joke supposed to be? You know what I mean? You said dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You said and I didn't times. even have to touch it. Yeah, and then the thing he says, I won't say dick until you touch my dick. Why? Like, that's not a scenario. Like, I want you to touch my, ooh, ooh, I don't want to say it. And then she does your dick, dick! Like, what? Dick! That's, <laughs> that's not reality. That's not how life works. So that's just a stupid line, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it, it's one of those, ooh, this is supposed to be a setup to a uh, subversion of what you thought was going to happen. But what I thought was going to happen, like, th- there's not really anything I was expecting. Like, it's funny when Eminem did, like, a sort of uh, lo- a word that wasn't their thing. Like, when he says the, I drink more liquor to fuck you up quicker than you'd want to fuck me up for saying the word. 
Like, that's funny because you know he's not going to say it, but he's leading all the way up to it. That's what's funny about it. With this, it's like, I didn't think you wouldn't say the word dick. Like, this whole album you've been cursing, so what? what are you talking about? You know what I mean? That wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to Danielle Owens-Reed from Redimo.la for joining us on the show this week and talking about her website. Thank you in some way to the person who requested the fucking album (laughs) this week. I mean, they did pay, so it's like, yeah, thanks for the support, but uh, for fuck's sake. Um, (laughs) If you have an album, good or fucking terrible that you want us to listen to on the show, it is a one-time $40 pledge to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. And let us explain. Let us explain. After your charge for one episode, you yes. do not have to keep it going for the rest of the month. Once you're charged for an episode, it doesn't have to be your episode. It's just a episode. When you are charged for that, then you go, boom, I, I cap this out. I don't want to be charged anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, just at the end of the month, because I think, I think that's how it works. Well, for me, it's per month. I think for you, it might be per episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, yeah, it, 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 it gets a little confusing that way, but for me, at the end of the month, if you pledged $40 throughout the month, at the very end or first couple days of the new month, the charge goes through, you should be notified about it. Um, you can just cancel it right then, unless you, for whatever reason, want to request a second one, I guess. But I haven't seen that happen yet. So, um, yeah, I just don't want anybody to have to pay more than they meant to. Because that just sounds like a messy situation. I know there's a whole refunds thing, but I'm not sure how that all works. No, literally so. the only way it works is because I tried to do it with someone and they were like, you literally, they literally make it so that you have to contact the artist and then they have to pay them back out of their own pocket. That's how the refund system works. Literally. That's what I figured. Yeah. And that's a horrible system. I wanted to put this out there also, that there is a waiting period. I've been getting emails about um, from people asking when their review was coming out because they've been waiting since last year. No joke, not trying to discourage anybody from requesting an album, but there is a sort of uh, waiting period there. But it is first come, first serve, and we do get to everybody. So, if you've put it a request in the months past and you're wondering where the hell it is, just send me an email. I'll tell you where you are in the queue, how many there are ahead of you. Just to put your mind at ease, I don't mind doing that, and I'm sure you don't mind doing that either. Yeah, I, I um, posted up a document that said, like, you know, where everyone is on the list. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even think about doing that. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, so do that so people can go like, oh, okay, that's where I am, you know, so they, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at the beginning of the month, you know, just post a thing that goes like, all right, here's where everybody is, you know? Yeah. Um... I think that's about it. Um, Thank you very much for listening. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. New episodes go up every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next week for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm the Rap Critic. And Hurricane Irma is about to hit and could do even more damage if it heads to Houston. So... You know, don't lose sight of the developments of the people affected by Hurricane Harvey, especially if you're in a position where you could help. So, you know, then you know, man. And if you're close to the coast, um, please, 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 um, if you see any damage, because it's looking like it might be a uh, Category 5, 
Uh, please evacuate the first chance you get. I'm not even messing around. Um, I heard way too many stories about people not taking Harvey seriously, and I just don't want anybody, anybody at all, but if you're listening to this right now, we certainly don't want you to get caught up in any of this, because it doesn't look like it's messing around. So, um, take this shit 100% serious, and please, 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 please be safe.